Well, hello and welcome back to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give you the inside scoop on life in our church. I'd like to introduce you to our family life pastor and today's host, Carrie Jones. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Finding Our Way. I'm super happy today to introduce all of you to Natalie Frisk. Natalie is a lead pastor at the Meeting House Brantford, and she's also the curriculum pastor for the One Story Kids and Youth Curriculum. She's also an author. She wrote a book called Raising Disciples, How to Make Faith Matter for Our Kids. Um, She has a MTS from McMaster Divinity College and is presently even working on her doctorate in practical theology with an emphasis on the spiritual experience of children. She's married to Sam and she's a mom to Aaron. Natalie, it's so good to have you in the podcast. Can you say hello to everyone? Yes, hello. Oh my goodness, it's so good to be with you. I always tell people that if I wasn't um, serving as a pastor at the Meeting House, I would probably, um, or if the Meeting House kicked me out or something, I would be over at Southridge. (laughs) I love Southridge. You guys are fabulous and I love everything you're doing. Oh, that's so amazing. Amazing. Well, can you give us a, a snapshot into um, to your into your world? Like, what is life like for you these days? <laughs> what is life like for any of us these days? Um, kind of yeah. as we kind of crawl out from under the arms of the pandemic. Um, life is is full, but wonderful. Um, I spend a good chunk of my days lead pastoring. And so mm-hmm. kind of pastoring, shepherding the people in the Brantford area um, in my parish. And um, one day a week still, I am doing kind of like a complete um, mixed bag of things curriculum related. Um, I I script for some of our videos. I... Um, mm. I record uh, the, some of our early years uh, video segments, God Stories, which is probably the most fun and exciting thing that I get to do um, as far as curriculum uh, goes. And then I oversee um, still the kind of big picture parts of um, our curriculum through one story. And, wow. you know, outside of the work sphere, Um, Yeah, as you said, I'm married and um, we have recently in the past few months moved to Brantford. So we've been kind of settling into this area, into a new home. And, um, you know, I get to um, be a mom to this awesome kid who is a very busy kid. We like to say that she's like three kids in one. She's kind of the trinity (laughs) of kids. Um, and so I get to take her to girl guides and, you know, um, to, to play with her friends and all these fun things. So it's a, it's a pretty great, it's pretty great right now. I must say, I'm, I'm pretty thankful for, for the way things uh, are shaping up right now. Sure. Oh, that's cool. And how long have you been the lead pastor of the Brantford, um, parish? Yeah, I have, um, let's see, two two years ago, I stepped in as the interim lead pastor, um, okay. where I was kind of like one day a week, kind of holding down the fort as the previous lead pastor had resigned. And mm. in that time, I had just a few months prior been on a sabbatical. Um, I've been at, I've been, um, 
working at the meeting house for almost 14 years. And so um, in that season, I was just, I was tired. And so I had been on sabbatical and while I was on sabbatical, um, we had just finished up um, all of kind of the front end work for um, our first four year cycle of curriculum for one story. And so having kind of put that portion of things to bed, I thought, you know what, maybe God has something new in store for me. And so that was kind of in my, in my prayer, (laughs) um, through those times. And so when I became the interim lead pastor in, that was two years ago, October, I kind of thought maybe, maybe lead pastoring would be a, a place in a space that he would want to stretch me and use me right now. And uh, a few months into into things, I just fell in love with the people. I fell in love with the community. And I was like, okay, God, like I'm in if this is where you want me. And it, it definitely was. So I became the full, like the for real, not just interim lead pastor. They announced me, um, I think it was a week or two before the pandemic shut everything down. So, oh my. Um, you know, the reality is most of my experience uh, in the lead pastoring yeah. realm has been through the pandemic, um, wow. which has all kinds of ups and downs of its own. But honestly, I will tell you that it allowed me to get to know the people in the community kind of mm. individually um, as opposed to as a larger uh, collective. So as opposed to getting to know people via um you know, a home church setting or um, a large, a larger group gathering, I actually was, you know, going to their porches and, you know, having a conversation with them um, at their own, at their homes. And so I got to see people's homes, uh, well, the outside of people's homes and uh, (laughs) and, and, and go a little deeper with them uh, almost right away, which was really, Mm -hmm. really neat. yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Wow. Okay. So you are a busy woman because on top of this, you are also in the midst of your PhD. Uh, yeah. So the, the doctorate in practical theology program is amazing. And I, you know, shout out yeah. to McMaster Divinity College because yeah. I've kind of been able to shape it and, and do it um, at my own pace. Um, there's a set amount of time you have to finish it in, but um I've been able to, you know, take a pause in a really busy um, season, um, sure. like a, take a semester off here and there. So, but yeah, it has been so fun to do, um, staring down the spiritual experience of children, which is just like, oh, there's so much joy and play and awesomeness mm-hmm. in, the ex- in the spiritual experience of children, which like when Jesus invites us to become childlike and, um, Oh, when you just think about what that really means and, and how that really looks in our lives, it's so mm. beautiful. And so I've had a lot of fun uh, doing that study. Oh, that's amazing. So good. Well, um, I'm still having a hard time believing this, but you know, we're now in the month of December, we're in the season of <laughs> Advent. So I have to ask you, um, mm. what does the Christmas season look like in your home? And mm. how do you mark Advent as a family? Mm. Yeah. Um, You know what? We've done different things through the years. I mean, always marking Advent in as meaningful of ways as we can kind of 
creatively cultivate without it feeling like it's getting uh, same old, same old. Um, yeah. <laughs> I grew up, yeah. um, uh, I, I grew up um, Presbyterian in the morning uh, and, and Pentecostal at night, as I like to say. Um, I was Pentecostal. I know, right? Like, talk about a mixed bag there. Um, yeah. And in my Presbyterianism, which in many ways I, I loved a lot uh, of things about it, I didn't necessarily love the way that things. Um, in a liturgical sense, at some points for me, started to get stale, started hmm. to feel stale. Like we're just doing because we've always done. Um, so I've, I've, I've intentionally wanted to mix that up a little bit for my own daughter. Um, so it doesn't feel like it's getting stale. So getting her to yeah. kind of actively participate in what it is we're doing in our home when it comes to Advent and getting creative about it. So like um, one year we made the most like homely Advent wreath you'd ever seen. It wasn't even a wreath actually. It was just like a plate <laughs> with candles on it. And um, we printed off the different like joy, hope, peace, yeah. love. Uh, we printed off those and like, we didn't even glue them on. I think we stuck them onto the candles with stickers. Like it was just ridiculous, but we loved it so much. And so then we, you know, through the Advent season on, on um, Sunday evenings, we would do a little, uh, I guess you could call it a little bit of a litur liturgical thing, um, yeah. which, which was quite meaningful. We've done um, different um, uh, kind of, you know, our own version of an advent calendar that instead of being, you know, really horrible store-bought chocolate, uh, mm. and you know, the like cheap waxy stuff that you get in those, I just can't. Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, we would, I, I, um, prepared in advance, you know, like, um, different things, uh, for us to do each day leading up to, to Christmas. And, and, you know, some of them were just like, let's drink hot chocolate and watch a Christmas movie tonight, you yeah. know, and, and others were, um, you know, let's read this portion of the Christmas story and, mm -hmm. you know, talk about joy. Like, so it was, you know, kind of mixed all over the place. Um, uh, and yeah, this, this year, you know, we're trying to help Advent, grow up a little bit as our daughter grows up and so she's she's 10 now so we're kind of gonna do we're, we're kind of doing a um a kind of a, a version of that of those pre-written things that attempts to incorporate thinking outside of ourselves a little bit more so caring for thinking about loving others well i love that that's so interesting, Natalie. I also grew up Presbyterian. Oh, and Carrie, we, stop yeah. it. All these connections. Yes. All these connections. I know. We were talking earlier about we both have um, <laughs> Irish and Scottish Irish. roots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I grew up Presbyterian. And, of course, you know, the the liturgy and the church calendar and all the things are, are real important. And mm. I never appreciated them. I mean, I did, I guess, but, but not, uh, not very well when I was a, a child and youth. And so it's actually been a recent years that I've come back to a lot of, yeah. a lot of those, um, 
yeah, rhythms in the church calendar and, yeah. and some of those spiritual practices. So, so that's fascinating. Yeah, um, sometimes it's just learning the why behind the what and being reminded of it. And then you go, oh, that's beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So where did you grow up? <laughs> I grew up in a very small town south of Sarnia. Um, okay. It's called Moore Town. Literally, like there needs to be Moore Town. Um, <laughs> it was very small, but but wonderful. I, I actually had a, a really lovely small town childhood. Mm, so good. And how did you, so you've been at the Meeting House, you said 14 years? Yeah, yeah, which feels just crazy. Um, 14 years on staff, 15 years attending. Okay. Um, And how did you find your way? Tell us about how you found your way to the meeting house. How did I find my way? Actually, it's so bizarre. Um, So as I mentioned, I grew up Presbyterian in the morning, Pentecostal at night, Um, went away to school. I went, I did my undergrad at Redeemer University College. And Mm -hmm. while I was there, kind of church hopped a little bit, um, but was, uh, sadly to admit, dating a guy and I went to his church. That was kind of where I landed. Um, and the church that he attended <laughs> was, Reformed Bap- was Reformed Baptist, which okay. is like this whole other <laughs> uh, denominational scenario that I had never encountered before. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I didn't recognize some of their theological distinctives um, mm until further down the road, but I, the people were lovely, super lovely. Mm -hmm. So anyway, attended there, um, quite frankly, attended there kind of until we broke up, tried to stay going, even though we had broken up, it was a very small church community. So that got awkward. Um, and then kind of like, again, church hopped and all the, all the like, and trying to find where, where do I, where do I fit? Mm-hmm. Who are my people? Um, mm-hmm. At that church as well, I was I had been serving with the youth, and um, I remember the youth youth pastor director. He kind of had pulled me aside and said, "Like, Natalie, I feel like you're ne- not necessarily using all of your giftings. What else would you like to be doing with us? Like, how how else would you like to be serving?" And I said, not realizing their theological distinctive, um, I said, "You know what? I'd love I'd love to be." like I'd love to teach um, the students. I, I, I feel like I could really flex some gifts there and, yeah. and learn in the process. And he was like, oh, yeah, we don't, it's uh, a tough one. Oh. You, you could teach the, you could teach the kids, mm. but not the youth. And that mm. was, that was my first like, oh, 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 we're mm. not, we're not down with women teaching. Oh, okay. Check. So um, that was my other cue that I needed to depart. And so I realized, yeah, this is not, this is not, um, it's not you, it's me. Well, actually it's you, but I'm going to go and, (laughs) and find. Um, So um, a friend invited me to the meeting house and I knew it was um, egalitarian. So I would feel comfortable in that capacity. Um, It was at a movie theater, which felt, equal parts um super weird to me at the time and Mm. maybe like non-threatening um but the previous church I'd been at like literally was like I wore skirts every Sunday um it was very like you know conservative 
uh, in that capacity as well. So going into the movie theater and seeing just the laxed casual nature of people I was, I was like I don't know man like I'm not sure about this but you know this is this is weird and then the musical worship was was pretty lovely and you know people seemed all right ish and then um you know the teaching came on and it's this like hippie looking character with long hair and uh, you know uh 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 like a you know his 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 he was looking kind of like um little too laid back his clothing for my <laughs> team at the time and i just remember being like oh, i don't know about this but then i huh. listened to, then i listened to the teaching and i'm like mm. oh my gosh i've never heard mm. anything like this oh wow. my goodness this makes sense and is like Oh, it was just so beautiful and something like lit up for me. And I'm like, okay, I could give this, I could give this another shot and, mm. uh, kind of, kind of went sporadically a little bit. And then when my husband and I started dating, he was attending the meeting house as well. And, um, when we started dating, we were like, okay, if we're going to like make this our church for real, we need to like get into this thing that they talk about called home church. <laughs> and so we both started attending a home church together and like, it's kind of like the rest is history. We got really engaged in the church and loved it and um, really felt like um, we could utilize our giftings in our own ways. And um mm. Yeah. And then a year later, um, I had actually been, <laughs> I was working at um, a private Christian high school um, as an educational assistant and uh, slash uh, grade nine French teacher uh, covering an LTO, which is just that whole thing, as I even say it out loud, is bonkers that I did that. Yes. And <laughs> uh, I was, I was loving, I remember saying to a friend, I love journeying with students I was also um coaching their their girls uh senior basketball team and I was coaching I was assistant coaching at uh, Redeemer um I played basketball throughout my experience there and and then was assistant coaching and I loved like journeying with youth young adults in their spiritual journey because I did a lot of that with my teens and I said that to a friend like I, I love all of that not a fan of the classroom. Like, I'm not sure what to do. And then wow. uh, in that, like, it was almost like in that breath, like I said it out loud from my lips to God's ears. God was like, I, I've been waiting for this kind of thing. You know, I've been waiting for you to say that, hey, Natalie. And a friend of mine messaged me and he's like, hey, there's this role that we just posted at the meeting house for, um, it was like, um, in student ministries, it was kind of an admin role to, to, that I entered into. And he's like, yeah. I know it sounds really admin-y, but like you'd get to work with students and it really feels like a thing you'd be good at, you should apply. And so that was my, my first step into ministry at the Meeting House was in that capacity. Yay, and then, cool. then I became a youth pastor and then um, I, and then I got pulled into curriculum and you know the rest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Very cool. Yeah, well, I mean, what what 
that might have been my computer. Sorry about that. <laughs> what? I forgot to turn notifications off. What I what I would love to talk to you about is is the curriculum. Yeah. Um, because as of yesterday, here at Southridge, um, we actually began using the one story curriculum in our Sunday mornings for preschool, elementary, and junior high kids. And so, this conversation is just super timely. Um, and so, for those listening who are either serving in kids ministry, serving in student ministry, or for those listening who are parents, um, and for those listening who just care about, you know, the next generation, this conversation feels really exciting. And so it's, it's really cool to be able to talk with you about, um, the creation of that, that curriculum. I mean, this was a decision that we have been processing for a couple of years now. Um, and one of the gifts of the pandemic was that we had some space to look at things with a bit of a bigger perspective. And, you know, we brought in um, our department as well as our teaching pastor, Michael Kraus, and we had a conversation with you over Zoom, I guess, back in the summer. Yeah. And we just threw at you, Natalie, like, honestly, every question we could think of. And you were just like responding like so eagerly and just dove into that conversation in a way that we were like so aware of of the alignment. Um mm between the, the creation of that curriculum and where our church is at. So yeah, for those who, who are listening, um, would you share a little bit about how this curriculum came to be, maybe a bit about the scope and cycle and just the uniqueness of the one-story curriculum? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it feels so right that you guys are utilizing the curriculum from, from, from my heart and perspective because um, mm. we've always talked about um, kind of your denomination and you guys specifically at Southridge is like, you're our favorite cousins, you know, don't like, <laughs> it's like, don't tell the other cousins, but you're our favorite, you know? So it, it's so yeah. nice uh, that you guys are, are, are feeling that alignment. Like um, yeah. it's, it's so beautiful. Um, let's see. So we entered into a process. I want to say 10 years ago now, although I must admit the, pandemic has skewed my ability to track um, <laughs> time and <Exactly>. years. <laughs> um, but let's say almost 10 years ago, um, uh, I was not a part of the initial process of kind of exploration of um, what is out there as far as curriculum. You know, like you guys, we were using um, Orange. Uh, yeah. And, and I just started to like recognize that we were um, trying to rewrite uh, their content to either align mm-hmm. with us theologically more or like tweak it because their their scripts were so long at times or, or whatnot. I, and I don't you say all that to bash orange. They're lovely and are doing doing good works. Um, sure. But we recognize within our context, you know, um, man, you can go through a lot of the content there and not hear the name of Jesus. Um, And we really value and and highlight uh, a a concept of Jesus centricity, um, putting Jesus at the center of all things and, um, Mm. you know, recognizing that Jesus is the the center, the main character, the the highlight, the the climax of God's story. Like um, he's, he's um, revealing to us um, who God is. He's the best, um, you know, best part of the story is right there, you know? So, um, 
as we were exploring other curricula, seeing what's out there, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel if the if the wheel already exists. So um, uh, we had a team that that pursued that to look into seeing what exists. And they just found mm-hmm. that within um, what we were looking for as far as our realities of, you know, as, as a, as a multi-site um, church as well, we have mm-hmm. smaller uh, kids' classrooms, like really small, petite classrooms. Um, and then we have really large uh, classrooms, like within our Oakville parish. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we have everything in between. And so, okay, it had to work for that. It had to work for um, um, having volunteers um, running things as opposed to having, you know, paid full-time staff in most, you know, in any of our places really save one. Um, And so we were looking at that and then um, really the, the capturing two, I think, key things. One, um, putting Jesus at the center um, and helping kids and two, helping kids understand that God's story is one cohesive story um, that's Mm -hmm. all connected, um, that all leads to Jesus and from Jesus um, and, and helping them see that right from the earliest stages. um, Mm. And that that's a part, that's a story that they themselves are then invited into that, you know, the story continues with us. Here we are as the church, the body of Christ continuing to live out that story. Um, and so all of those things were, were important. Um, so again, early on, I, I feel like it's really important for me to, to say that um, it was from uh, the brain and creative genius of Tim Day, who some of some of your folks would know, I think, as well. Um, like Tim was the senior pastor at the meeting house at the time out of his um, brain came some of the um, foundational pieces for um, what what has become one story curriculum. And so he definitely laid a a creative and theological framework um, for a lot of this stuff. Um, And then in conjunction with um, Chris Van Dyke, who is this incredible gift of a human (laughs) who um, really, really set up all of the um, creative visual pieces that you see within the video context of things. And so Mm. he's just an incredible um, video producer, videographer, editor, all the things. And so kind of starting in that vein, I actually got grafted in um, and then got to start to kind of run, run with things. Um, I got to, you know, kind of add additional layers of foundational pieces. And then, um, really with, with Chris, it, we were the two, uh, we, we actually had another, uh, a third named Stacy Fox. She was also an incredible, um, creative mind. Um, mm. and then Stacy went on to Matt leave and, and opted to, stay at home with her wonderful children. And so really early on, our staff team building curriculum were Chris and I. <laughs> and so uh, he and I were really, our hands were in every every pie. And uh, <laughs> it, was, it was exciting and it was exhausting, um, but it really felt like we were onto something. And um, obviously as we continued to grow, we got to add to our teams. And 
the cool thing to see was that we were able to, as a church creating curriculum content, we were able to create something and like pilot it like in real time to get Mm. feedback like immediately. So um, that was a really neat part of the process too, to say like, hey, what is... Uh, how did this work? Like, did, did this land? Did this stink? Like, where where were we? Somewhere in between. And so we got that feedback and we got to keep keep moving on. So um, I think you asked for a quick overview of the pieces. You know, we, we have the in the early years sphere, um, we have kind of different age categories uh, broken up in there. But the early years, oh, I love them so much. Um get the opportunity to do a little bit more uh, play-based things um, and then have a bit of like what would be akin to a circle time of sorts with um, a a Bible story we call, would say a God story, Um, uh, maybe a song, uh, which also was another piece that got implemented. Um, So we realized something that's important, especially in kids uh, at the very earliest of ages, is having some music. Um, And we wanted to just try our hand at creating some kids' music that, um, quite frankly, we didn't hate as parents. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, uh, in a weird twist of things, um, my brother is, uh, is a gifted musician and uh, he actually wrote uh, that album for us. And mm-hmm. uh, so there's a Meeting House Kids album um, that exists on, you know, Spotify and Apple Music and all that. And it comes with a curriculum, obviously, um, of of, ki- of kids music with songs yeah. like J-E-S-U-S, which we joke is the Anabaptist response to the B-I-B-L-E. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and so um, lots of fun, creative pieces got to be added into that. So there's early years and then there's kids um, kind of hitting into that grade school age and then um, junior high, obviously. Um, and with our kids and junior high in particular, um, we recognize the need not only for them to have the God story, the Bible story element, but then to actually see how people in real life were living it out. And so um, the the kind of makeup of the curriculum at that age is um, God story. So the biblical narrative content, God story, yeah. and then a life story, a real life story yeah. of somebody who's living out some aspect of the God story. And so... Um, again, we have this awesome production team who like tracks down these stories of people who are living out um, some aspect of, of, you know, what it is to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple, <laughs> and uh, trying to tell those stories well. Um, and what holds that together, we, we call it the big idea. So something from the biblical narrative becomes the big idea. And then we try to show how that's lived out in the life story. Um, and then um, the kids get to kind of apply it in their whatever it is, their small group setting or their um, classroom setting. And we call that part my story. So how does it play into my story? Um, And they get to kind of work that through in community with their peers. 
And then uh, they kind of take that home in different respects and figure out what that looks like in our story, whether that's as a family or a, a community, how does that then um, play out in the larger story as well? Oh, that's amazing. Um, and then just really quickly, the um, you had asked about the scope and sequence. So yeah. in early years, we have a two-year scope and sequence. So we, we have a two-year cycle so that when you're two, uh, you'd, you, you know, you'd have go through as a two-year-old and a three-year-old content. But then by the time you're four, you're going through the same content you did as when you were two, which you, first of all, like are very mildly <laughs> going to remember a uh, flex of that. But then also it's a, there's a level of repetition in that age category that's really important. So then wow. as four and five-year-olds, you're going through the same content as two and three-year-olds, but um, probably it's going to stick in a, in a lot more prominent ways. <clears throat> um, and right. they go through the, we say the whole story, that is the whole narrative, you know, not necessarily hitting on every single biblical story, because let's be honest, there's a lot of biblical stories that are R-rated. But the, at that age, they're going through some of the key bits of um, the, the story of God's family through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know, moving on through hitting some of the prophets' stories um, into um, the New Testament. And so this, the story kind of goes through the church calendar-ish where we would hit obviously Christmas at Christmas time as you guys are going to be experiencing over the next few weeks uh, and then into the new year you would uh, begin into the life and ministry of Jesus um, so I guess this is like here's what's coming next um, and, right, then, which is and then you align with you know Easter at Easter time and yeah. then um, post Easter, um, you'll get, um, you know, what was, what were the disciples doing after Jesus, um, ascended into heaven? And so, um, a lot of times we're looking into the book of Acts then, or, um, the, even the early years touch on a couple of the, you know, the epistles, a couple of Paul's letters and, and, uh, it's, yeah, it's a really fun, I, I think a really fun kind of way to go through the, the calendar. And so at, at every age we do that, uh, obviously in slightly different ways and with the great, the, the kids and junior high, they actually have a four year cycle. So they're getting more, diversity right. in their stories um and adding to their repertoire of story at those ages right oh this is so helpful for especially for those who are listening who are parents this is this is gold um i mean there were so many there were so many things natalie about this curriculum that as i mentioned aligned with us i mean we mm -hmm. loved that the way that jesus is at the center of every mm -hmm. week we that you know mm. it starts with God's story and by the time you're leaving to go home it's about your story and it's about how do we make this then our story as yeah. you know as a family as a community we love the personal stories that get woven in because mm. I mean adults can can definitely attest to this that it's the personal stories that often really drive things home and, and make things real and when you see you know, a transformation in someone else then it, it, it's like oh that can happen for that person this can happen for me yeah. Um, you know, as we see ourselves in the stories of others. So for all those reasons, I mean, this is mm. just really, really exciting. 
And I'm just thinking about here at Southridge, we talk about the, the family ministry department and how um, at the end of the day, we really just exist for one reason, and that's to make spiritual progress, to make spiritual growth happen mm. in our kids, our youth. Um, and we do this through three reasons. We do this through our curriculum, like our, our zero to 18 strategy. We do this mm. through inviting kids into a lifestyle of full devotion, into the inspiration, connection, and and action, the missional piece in age-appropriate ways. Yes. And then this third, this third way that we talk about is through partnering with parents. And yes. that's something that we've, we've really gotten from Orange, right? This idea mm-hmm. that you know, it's actually the parents that are the spiritual leaders in the home. They're, they're the spiritual champions. And so while the church, of course, has a role and we come together with the family, um, but it's really about us setting up the parents to win, coming alongside the parents because they have the most influence and frankly, the most time with the kids. That's right. Yes. Right? We have a couple hours a week at the most. Yes. Yeah. And so I guess I'm just, I, the question I'd love to ask um, as we wrap up today and Honestly, we could we could chat for another hour, so we're going to have to have you back. Um, I would love it. I would love it. <laughs> I'd love to chat with you about kids in worship, which is something that we've oh. been experimenting with. Um, yeah. You know, even just how to talk to kids about baptism. This has been a conversation that's been coming up in our environments. But as we close off today, yes. what I love to hear from you is how can parents, you know, how can they really engage with this curriculum? Mm. Um, in the fullest way so that they can just have the maximum impact in their homes and in the lives of their kids as, as we, as a community, um, you know, grow our kids to know and love Jesus. Oh, I love this question so much. And I feel like I could talk on this for half an hour and I won't, and I apologize that I'm probably already going to be long winded on the answer, but it's so good because parents, um, have so many ways that they can do this um, in ways that work well for their own kid, their own family, in their own setting. Um, and so they can be creative and, and kind of like pull from a smorgasbord of ideas. Um, mm-hmm. So one would be um, actually on the One Story YouTube channel, each mm-hmm. week um, parents at each age category can actually look and see what their kids are seeing and learning um, so they can go, okay, man, I can actually even watch how this was taught to my kid um, so that I can pull off of, you know, different um, uh, phrases or highlights that were highlighted in the teaching. Um, so they can, they can watch through that on their own or they could actually watch through it with their with their kid, you know, as a, a midweek yeah. kind of like reminder, right? Midweek point of connection to go, hey, remember you did this on Sunday? Can we watch through it? And even as you watch yeah. through it with your kid, you can pause on the video and have conversations. Mm-hmm. Like maybe a bigger word was used that you don't think your kid maybe knows and you could pause. We try not to do that, but it happens sometimes. You can pause on it and go, hey, do you know what that means and, and why that might be important part of the story? And you can talk about it. And um, uh, so that that is, that is one way. Um, uh, you know, when your kid make something, uh, you know, at different ages, we do some crafts or some types of physical take-home activities. Um, You know, gosh, I always say that I know that 
there has been a curriculum win <laughs> when I go into the home of somebody I know that utilizes our content and a kid's coloring page or, you know, some type of craft work is featured either on their fridge or set up somewhere in the home. And yeah. I know that that might even sound kind of silly, but those things are our physical reminders of what has been talked about, has been uh, explored on a Sunday. Um, and and using those as, you know how like um, in Deuteronomy, Moses talks about like write it on your doorposts, you know? Um, yeah. He talks about having physical reminders out these are our physical reminders um and then using actually using them as talking points you know if you have an early years kid who's done a coloring page you know at some point in the week or multiple points in the week go hey can, can you tell me what that that story was about that you heard that this you know who's that character and, and who's that character and what did they do and like were they listening to god or like not <laughs> and and then you know using those as like launching points um, um oh that's gosh. so good that's I, so I, practical we can yeah. all do that we can all do it. It's just, um, you know, using some of these things as like, di you know, diving boards. You're jumping off of the diving board into whatever your kid desires. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I love that. And I'm just thinking about whether it's, you know, a bulletin board in your house mm -hmm. in a, in a or your fridge, like, we put on those, on our fridge, on our bulletin boards, we put on, on those spaces things that we value. And so oh, that's right. that's right. by doing that, even that sends a message to our kids, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it also says, it also says about your contribution and what you're, you're able to, um, how you're engaging with this stuff. You say, you know, that is a value. You're engaging. Way to go. Like, that is awesome, kiddo. You know, <laughs> um, that's good. It's good stuff for, for your family. And I could go on, but I know that uh, my time is coming to a, an end here. But um, I would also love to invite your families to check out the One Story Curriculum website. There is actually a link to a parent blog there where they can get some additional content. It, we post, you know, occasionally, but there's enough content there already set up that they might be interested in kind of uh, looking through and, and getting to know us a little bit more as well. Oh, that's amazing. Those are great resources, great action steps. Natalie, thank you so, so much for joining us here today. It has been such a gift. It's been so meaningful to hear your personal story, to be inspired by you know, your heart for ministry, your heart for kids, for parents, for the next generation, um, and just your your energy and just what you've brought to this conversation. And so you've really enriched our time together. And um, we're just really thrilled to be partnering with, um, with the Meeting House and being able to, you know, really engage in the One Story curriculum with our kids and our youth. And so thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. And Southridge, you're my favorite cousin. And I may not know them, but I love your kids a lot. Just just know that um, our whole team, out of a deep love for kids, um, mm -hmm. and for kids and youth, uh, we write, create, and um, prayerfully consider um, what it is that we're sending out. So love you guys. And thank you for this time, Carrie. Appreciate it very much. 
Amazing. Well, I know that you have family in St. Catharines. So anytime you're in the area, come and visit us. Anytime. Deal. Deal. Okay. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, it's been really great to be together. We will see you next week as we continue to find our way together. Take care, everyone. Thank you.